What are we talking about on the Grow Your Damn Business podcast? We're talking about business, specifically your business. Is it growing or are you stuck? How painful is that growth? Is it running you or are you running it? Are you working in your business or on your business? On the Grow Your Damn Business podcast, we explore these questions and much more. Expect a lively, spirited discussion about what it takes to grow your damn business. And now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Grow Your Damn Business. I am so excited today to be joined by Julie Lawton. Julie is the CEO and founder of Julie Lawton Design Build. Uh, just has got a fantastic story, and we're ready to just jump right into it and get Julie on the show here. So, Julie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Scott. I'm so glad to be here. Julie is classic uh, founder here uh, in her car at a job site, making sure things get done. So this is perfect. It fits right into the theme of the show. So Julie, great, great to have you. Thank you. I am uh, definitely hands-on and there's no other way to do it. So there is no um, faking it till you make it. Or I mean, I guess you could a little bit, but <laughs> you got to show up. <laughs> you got to show up. You got it. Exactly right. Exactly right. So, so Julie, just give us a little brief bio just a, a, about where you are today. We're going to kind of walk through your story, but just love to hear a little bit more about sort of how, you know, where, where things are today for you, what part of the country you're in. Give us a little Julie background, then we'll jump into some of the, uh, the journey well, that you've been on. I was uh, born this really talented kid. So I do the architecture like in my sleep. So I'm born as an artist. I know how to draw. I did architecture in college and then I did interior design and then I did custom kitchen. So I was all into the design of a home inside and out. But the first 10 years of my career, I worked in New York City for builders, the biggest top five builders mm -hmm. in, in New York City. So I did commercial under people that were hugely successful and hugely organized. You know, the best contractors on the planet, best builders, best uh, real estate developers. It was I had all this wonderful experience the first 10 years of my career. So I took all that experience and came to California and started my own little business in residential remodeling and eventually became the contractor out of pure necessity to save my clients' lives and business budgets and my, you know, stress level. So it was a whole graduation from design to build. And that happened over my, um, I think my career is 40 years now. I'm, you know, so I've been doing this since 1985. So awesome. So not a small decision, right? Moving cross country and jumping into your own thing. Just talk, talk us uh, through a little bit of that. What was going on there in your life and what was going on to, to drive that uh, pretty two, pretty two well, significant was shifts, right? It was huge because I was in New York working for the best people on the planet. Then New York suffered a little recession in the early 90s. So I went on a vacation to visit one of my college buddies in San Diego. And, I, and two weeks later, I just called my sister and said, you know what? The weather's better here. There's no jobs back there. UPS my apartment. So I rented a hotel and I rented a car wow. and got a job all in a week after making that decision. And I never went back. So it was so like, oh, my God. And I really was having so much fun because it was all new and I was young and I would go out and just meet strangers and meet people. But I found a job right away and kind of started working in Beverly Hills at this kitchen showroom, which is weird for me because I never worked retail. But that drove me into the residential market where I got to kind of that was my hook designing kitchens because I was drawing because I love to draw. So I was drawing more kitchens than I was houses for a while. And it got me into all these homes like thousands it seemed like later but hundreds of projects and um right and then i just got back where i needed to be in the with the architecture interior design and doing the whole thing so it was a process though i had to start over at 30 years old 
Yeah, that's uh, a common story that, that we do here time and again is that, that restart starting fresh. You have an idea, you have a passion, and, and you don't want to let it go. So when did you open your your own shop? What, what was the, the timing of that? So you went up there, you had this experience in kitchens, so... So what it is, is I sold a million dollars of kitchens and Robertson Boulevard. Then I moved to Newport and opened someone else's showroom for them. And I didn't have any money. So I had to get a job, believe it or not, in a restaurant at night while I tried to pick up clients and get my rent paid. So I did everything to pay my bills. And I slowly built enough clients to start my own business the following year. So like 1994, because I was in L.A. almost two years and then it took another year. So by 94, I was I had my own business started as Julie Lawton Interior design and custom kitchens and then that turned 10 years later into Julie Lawton the general contractor because just so you know I have two corporations um I only talk about Julie Lawton design bill because that's how I advertise but I I have two corporations um for the last 20 years that cover what I do and um but it was a process and I literally started with nothing and had a lot of mentors and help along the way thank god because it was a struggle at the beginning well, sure. Uh, right. And so when did, so you were doing this on the side, trying to get those clients on there. We, we like to call that burning the boat. So when did you burn that last boat and say, okay, I'm now in this live and I'm doing this thing all, this is all I'm going to do. I'm going after that. This is going to be my show. I'm doing it. I finally was able to stop working at night in probably 1995 and really just say, this is what I'm doing. And I, and all of a sudden I was making money. So finally I'm making, you know, a hundred grand a year or whatever, you know, and I, I, I actually, you know, I remember buying myself a diamond ring because just to celebrate that I'd finally made my business work by myself and no help. Nice. And I was advertising and doing everything right. But in small piece and little steps, baby steps. Now I advertise a lot. But back then it was big deal to spend $200 on a paper ad every week. It was like a fortune to me. So, you know, I started, you know, but I remember, you know, I wear these rings because every ring represents a level of a time of success. They're little memories of what I accomplished, just so you know, the story of the rings, but they all have a date on them and what I did that year to make a difference um, of my own, you know, I met my goals. How's that, you know? That's beautiful. No, that's great. And I think it's important that you take those little moments to celebrate. So, you did this all on your own. Is there anything from just growing up that well, is there, you know, history of entrepreneurism in your family? Is it something that you came to naturally? Just talk to me a little bit about just the mindset. You're working for somebody that said, no, I'm going my own, right? I'm going out on my own. A lot of folks co- contemplate it. Not many jump in. You jumped in. So well, what, what, what got you there? I never had a lot of fear. I mean, I have fear, a healthy fear, but I never had a fear of the unknown because I know I know I needed to do something to make the change happen because you can't just sit there and worry about it and hope to somebody else will give you a job. So when I ran out of options of working for other people, because I was overqualified, it forced me into that retail kitchen, which I thought I'd never do, which, which actually opened the door to the starting my own business. So if I would, cause if I would have just stayed working for architects and other designers, I wouldn't be anywhere today. It'd be like horrible. So it, right. the, the, the recession and no jobs available pushed me out of the nest, but I always had my mom to coach me cause she was, she worked for Ameriprise, American Express. The show, she broke the glass yeah. ceiling as a woman. She always worked. I mean, my whole life, she's always worked. She got her master's degree when I was in high school. She's um, a real go getter, but I think my personality is like my mom and my grandma and my dad. It's like I have an A-type personality and I don't have a lot of fear. I like adventure. I like trying new things. But 
the work ethics, what got keeps me going. Cause if I don't have, right. I can't pay my rent. I got to have a job. So I, that constant yeah. drive to know where the next meal's coming from and the next rent checks coming from is part of my DNA. I'm driven. I was born this way. Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> so came that way. Now you, so let's, so let's go back. You, you started things up. You're out there. You've now got, it could be, you, you bought your ring. All right. You've achieved a level of success. You know, every business is going to go through these cycles. And this is one of the things that, uh, that I like to talk about quite a bit with uh, visionaries and founders and, and folks starting something up is you're inevitably going to go up a little bit. Then you're going to hit a ceiling. You're going to come to a sticking point. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I got to do something different. Walk me through the first one or two of those where things were going along and then he hit something and said, oh, crap, I got to do something different. Uh, anything well, like that stand out uh, from, well, your, from I, your journey? I, well, being, well, being a woman, everybody thought I was the decorator. They didn't know I was the architect and the designer. So I was like, oh, right. no, I got to advertise different. I got to explain it because, you know, I was young and I looked a little more, you know. So I thought, no, I'm not the decorator. I'm the designer. I do the architecture. So what happened is I... <clears throat> got a really good run with the kitchen custom kitchen but what happened is i got so frustrated because working with other contractors that were dropping the ball and not pulling permits taking money running off the jobs were falling apart that i was on so what happened is i took the contractor's test and became the contractor and that changed my life forever because the income changed the responsibility changed and now i had a whole nother world to manage so good things happened because of what i was able to go through but that was because i was kind of stuck because i was like you know i'm not a licensed architect but i do the architecture because i chose not to go down that path but the getting the contractor's license took me to another level and boy that was a lot more work but it changed my world for the better you know and now i have 21 employees so, uh, it's, yeah. uh, insane. That's kind of where I was going next. Right. So you go from this thing where it's all about you, right. You're having to do it all relying on your skills, your drive, uh, just what, what, what you're about, right. Your personality, mm-hmm. and you got to hire some folks right now. You're busy yeah. and do that. So tell me what that first step is in hiring those folks. Cause this is also a tough spot for a lot of entrepreneurs. Like, how do I give away a little bit? Well, I know I need oh my help, God. but I got to give something away. And what's, so that was, tell me about that, that right? It's crazy. That was the hardest part. Because in the beginning, I was yeah. drawing all the plans. I was going to the city. I was pulling the permit. I was doing all the invoicing to the clients. I was calling in payroll and managing, in the beginning, five employees. And then that grew to 10. So I finally hired a secretary to do the billing, but then they would make mistakes and it would drive me crazy because we went really fast and, <laughs> and I just wanted to get in there and do it. So I couldn't. So every time I hired someone to do something, it was like an anxiety. Oh, cause I was doing it myself faster. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can do it quicker, but the godsend yeah. of all this is that I finally learned to delegate cause I should have done it sooner. <laughs> On the Grow Your Damn Business podcast, we talk with entrepreneurs about their journeys, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Growth never happens in a straight line. How do business owners overcome those moments when they hit a ceiling, feel stuck, and are trying to work through it? Are they spending their time working on their business or in their business? On the Grow Your Damn Business podcast, we explore these questions and much more. Expect a lively, spirited discussion about what it takes to succeed as an entrepreneur and grow your damn business. So what happened is I... um 
started to hire, I had to hire another girl because there's so much invoicing and paperwork. So I kind of got over the paperwork, but it's, I still get a weird anger kind of thing where it's like, oh no, I could do that a little better, but it's, you know, you really got to train and manage people. So that's a, it never changes. You're always on it because you don't ever get right. out of it. But what changed yeah. for me to make me, what forced me to actually do more delegating was COVID because we, the city wouldn't let us go to the city. So we got to do everything online. So when the COVID opened up after COVID, I mean, when the city opened up after COVID, I just let my draftsman take over and do that part. So I delegated even more. But again, it was a life changing COVID thing that forced me to do it and um, allowed me to do it. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have done yeah. it. <laughs> You well, know? and it's, it's only so many hours in the day, right? Your 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 tank is full, That's what right? Happened. It's something, and you're just creating more hours. Yeah. So, so as you've been able to transition, what have you been able to spend more time on now that you weren't able to spend time on before when you're doing this admin work and and running around and <laughs> getting permits and, well, and doing the work that has to be done to make make a build happen? Well, I don't know how I did it before, but I did all the plans drawing by hand, and then I still went to the city and still did the bills. So right now, I can go back and spend more time as the designer, and I can spend more time with the clients because I'm not just crunching it on emails and paperwork all day. So I can actually spend quality time doing what I do best, which is design and sales to the client, you know, talking to my clients so I'm not all stressed sure. out. So I can actually, I got rid of all the tasks. I mean, I do the job of like seven people. It's ridiculous. So now I can just do the two things. Well, three things I do best, three things, designer, client relations, and general contractor, because I still run my jobs every day personally because I'm the designer. So right, it's, now right. it's good. Yeah. Now, it, now I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> You're good now? Well, you're on site though, right? So you're good, but you're still well, hands-on and involved I'm, there. But you're doing the things you like, it sounds like, right? You found yes, a way to spend the time on the things is, that you like. Because there's still nobody under me that can put the bids together and really do the bid according to what the project is. Because they can't see it because they're not the designer. They don't all the materials. So I can do that like in 30 minutes. So there's really right. no – the problem is with me since I'm the designer and the contractor, there's no one to replace me. So I have a new assistant that understands construction and she's a female so she likes the design aspect but i have i can help she's helping me prepare the bids so i did hire one new person this year and one new last year to help me on both ends of the bidding and the construction finally have nice. project managers so I, I just did another little girl spurt <laughs> yeah Sounds like there's a few more things to go though, right? So uh, when we talk in within our, our EOS language, the delegate and elevate, you're 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 delegating there, moving into the things you like to spend time on, but it's it's a it's a process, right? It doesn't happen overnight. I think that's no, the takeaway is that it these doesn't. things happen over time. There's a comfort level, but it's also every time you've done it, you've gotten a bump, right? So there's a yes. lesson to be learned there. When you can yes. do those things, you do get that bump, you do get to that next level of growth, whatever you're you're looking to achieve, right? You yeah, get it does. A and, and and you're your worst enemy because if it wasn't for life events or things that actually force me, I would probably be still sitting yeah. there at a drafting table. Who knows? But you know what I mean? Life kind of knocks you on the head and says, hey, and shakes you up and then you got to make a move. So that's the good news it's crazy. about change. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> at least you're listening to it. There, You know, I'm certain there are others out there that that stuff hits them in the head and they're like, nope, I'm going to keep doing it. I, I, this is what I'm going to keep doing. This yeah, is all no, I, I, all it, I can afford it. You can't be your own worst enemy. Just go with it I because – it's telling you something. I mean, the the universe is telling you something. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You just got to got to listen. 
Talk to me about marketing, right? This is a, something that a lot of companies just try to figure out. As you said early on, you didn't want to spend a couple hundred bucks. Now you're probably spending way more than that on oh, your marketing. Yeah. Was, was it's ridiculous. Anything that re- yeah, was there anything that really that was kind of game changing or that you said, oh, th- this was the right step, should have done this a while ago? We've got, uh, you've got the benefit of hindsight. So it, uh, a little bit easier question well, to ask now, but was there anything no, no. There that was really th- the big thing for you? No, the big thing was in the beginning, I was cheap and scared. So I put the ad in once in a while, but even my mom says, you got to run the ad consistently. So just give it up and mm-hmm. spend your 200 bucks every month or every other month. Cause then if you're not in there, they'll think you're in there. But if, so I learned consistency at a small amount. Okay. And then I, and then I picked my markets and I played around with what markets, but I'm still using the same yeah. paper I started with 30 years ago, the same local paper. That's where I get most of my wow. leads. And then I get magazines I do once in a while because it builds exposure. But there's a whole, there was a whole experimentation in the beginning, but that local paper, the local online paper is still the most consistent one, which is funny. But I've, you know, I've, I've done social media stuff. I've done magazines. I've, you know, all kinds of other things, but, um, it's, it was that consistent, your local neighborhood, you know, where you're from. You know, your home base is yeah. where it works best. Sure, sure. No, makes so you stayed pretty focused. It sounds like you've been able to expand a little bit. Was there ever a time when you were tempted a client asked you to do something that was outside what you do well? And did you chase it or did you were you able to resist usually, the urge I, to help? Well, I there are clients that ask me to do things that maybe aren't you know, that I don't want to do so much. And I just explain it that it might be better if I didn't do that and someone else did it because, you know, like furniture shopping, I don't enjoy that. So I encourage them sometimes in the past to, you know, do their own thing. And it's just, yeah. there's things I don't want to waste my time with or spend my time doing. I'd rather just <clears throat> consult on that because it's endless hours of nonsense. And uh I'd rather just <clears throat> go through a different process. So there's things I've don't like to do. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I pass because well, it's not good for either good of us. Though. No, that's really yeah. good actually. And that's also a challenge. And we hear tons of stories around, Oh, my client asked me to do this. I thought it'd be a nice revenue stream. I chase it. And that's what I, I call it. No. You know, it's called the bright, shiny uh-huh. object syndrome, right? Avoid the bright, shiny objects. You got to stay. Yeah, that's just it. What you don't, know you don't, do well. Yes. Yeah. That's a good way to the bright, shiny objects are going to get you in yeah. trouble and you might fall off a cliff while you're chasing it. <laughs> 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 yeah i mean it, it could it could really set you aside it's going to create one and then it'll be create one of those moments like right, now i'm in this and and now what do i do to get out of it right because it is not your it's not really your core focus no i stay i, what I, it is that I, you I like do to stay in my i like to stay in my lane and i tell people to stay in their lane because yeah. nothing worse is when people get out of their lane let me tell you especially when you work with other people on your team it's like really yeah no it's it, yeah. it life is much easier when you just do what you're good at yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we didn't talk much about this, but just uh, a couple of challenges, you know, when you and I caught up before you, you, you did mention, look, you're, you're a female in a male dominated industry. Let's just call it what it is. Right. And mm-hmm. what challenges within that, but, but what have been some things that have light kind of overcome that? Because I think inherently you, you start maybe a little bit behind the start line uh, of some of your peers in the space, I would guess I'm, I'm well, throwing that yeah, out there. Yeah, because they think just because I am not a man that I don't know how to do construction as well as the other guy. So, you know, these, there's a little boys club, you know, between the architects and the contractors and they only work with each other and they couldn't 
Phantom, you know, this chick that's a contractor because it would be like having a woman in the man's locker room, I guess. I don't know, but there is right. that. Yeah. And then there, and yep. then in the beginning, of course, because I'm kind of tall and I have a figure and I'm, you know, attractive. So they always think you're stupid. So that's always. And they, then I was challenged constantly in the very beginning when I was young because I was very young doing this. Yeah. And um, I was always challenged and quizzed. And thank God I had 10 years in New York City with, with you know, the freaking biggest contractors on the planet. So there's nothing I yeah. didn't know by the time I moved to California that, you know, I wasn't, I was confident. So it was easy to overcome, but you know, still to this day, if a guy doesn't shake my hand firmly, it pisses me off. <laughs> if he shakes <laughs> my hand, like he's, yeah, if he, yeah. he shakes yeah. my hand, like he's asking me to dance, I can't work with him. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, can't shake that. I'm going to ask yeah. this question, but I think I know the answer to it. You know, I, I think many folks uh, somewhere along the line, particularly when you're making some big moves and some big steps like you have, there's this moment of, am I ready for this? I think the it's called imposter syndrome, but it's like, is, can I do this? Like, is, am I stepping into a space that I, that I, I should be? Am I going to be come in there? My guess is, has this ever happened to you? I don't want to answer for you. Does it, has no, you ever been no, in this it, situation? You've had a little imposter syndrome? Not really because my experience was so strong from college to New York city that I love the more complicated projects and the more complicated engineering. I'm born yeah. to do this. So I get bored okay. easy and I like a more challenging project. So I don't have that problem where I'm like, oh, I can't do this. I mean, I don't like to do certain things. Like I said, decorating drives me crazy sometimes, unless I can really control what we're buying but and the look. But um, I love the challenges. So, no, I, I don't get nervous now. If you want me to do public speaking, that's hard. <laughs> I don't right. like doing okay. that okay. in front of 500 people. Now that went, that I have a problem with. So you, I can't, it, that's harder for me. Yeah. Sounds like we just got to push on that, uh, that comfort zone. I already it signed up like for TED Talk. I signed up for TED oh, Talk. that's awesome. And I, well, they signed me up and I already went through the training. So I got to get ready. <laughs> it's going, it's happening. So you're going to face and you're confronting that right out of the, right yes. of the beautiful. It's I love horrible. It. I love it. <laughs> wade into that. No, you wade into that fear. It's fantastic. Fantastic. All right. So you, where you are, you're, you, you love what you're doing. You're spending more time on the things that you like. What's next? Like, where, where are you thinking? I'm, I'm sure you're an idea person. Kind of where am I going next? Like, what is next up for you? Is it more of the same, something new? Like, just, just share with a little bit of what the future looks like. Well, I'm, in, I'm heavily into the high-end custom residential and the vintage homes, which I love. So I've been dabbling yep. back, back in commercial. So my goal is to take the commercial and get more commercial and double or quadruple the size of the business in the next five years. So I've done it before. Nice. I've done it before, so I'm on a mission to have a commercial department because I see that coming back along with my high-end residential and really fo focus on that. And I was thinking some other commercial stuff, which um, even military contracts for women because women-owned businesses, you know, I need sure, to get yeah. my certified women-owned businesses huge. So, and I'm the only female contractor yeah. that I know on the on in California. So. I'm working yeah, yeah, on yeah. that. I was wondering if there's anybody else in the space. Is is there something out there where there's an opportunity for you to share what you've learned with others as they're coming through? Is there anyone kind of following your footsteps or haven't come across anyone? There's that, a, that is there's a couple of women I know that did it before, but I think they someone else had the license and they claimed to be contractors. Okay. And there's two women I know now yep. that just started in their 40s 
which are following in the footsteps, but they're not in my area. So I know there's a couple women doing it, but it's not like national. There's a lot of women that do their own projects, but they're realtors or house flippers, but they're not the contractor with all the responsibility. So there's a lot of girls on TV. They're not that contractor. They're the the flipper. So um, it's totally different when you're actually holding the license and doing it legally. So it's totally different. So there's no, there's no, there's no me's out there. I mean, there might be, Two or three, maybe, but not like me because mm-hmm. I'm the architect and the designer. I think I know two girls that are, had their license. I was going to start a foundation to encourage more girls to be be me because <laughs> it's possible because I've already done it. So why not? Yeah, you should. You know, I mean, because I, I, I'm a perfect <laughs> yeah. example of oh, designer turned contractor. The road is paved. I mean, it's there. To, it's there for it, right? So it'd be great yeah. to, to hopefully encourage some others to, to come through. I think that sounds like a pretty good aim of your TED Talk to have some uh, get get to encourage some others to follow that same path and, and break through a little bit. I love it. I yes, there's there's an angle there for you to really play up. That's awesome. It's awesome. There is. Julie, thank you so much. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit here. We actually wrap up all of our conversations with uh, our five quick questions. So I'm gonna fire these at you. First thing that comes to mind. So first up. Do you have a favorite sports team? Sports team? Oh, my God. I have a, you know, it's funny. You mean like in football? <laughs> I have a famous Any, favorite. Whatever you like, whatever you follow. I like golf. I'm a golfer. I had a, a couple of scholarships to college for golf, so I'm a golfer. So I still follow golf. So my favorite golf team is anybody that plays on the Masters. <laughs> you know, the golf. I like golf. <laughs> Anyone's at the bat. Beautiful. 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 All right. What would you eat if this were your last meal? What's your, what's your last meal? Sausage pepperoni pizza. (laughs) Nice. Nice. (laughs) That New York coming through it there. All right. So dream vacation spot. Um, the Maldives, those islands in that blue water in the middle of nowhere. Mm, That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, any favorite, uh, movie or TV show? We always like to get a good recommendation, uh, favorite movie or TV show. Oh God, I have so many. Um, you know, my favorite movie that comes to mind is, um, you know, I have to say this one because it relates to my business is Mr. Blanding's dream house. <laughs> How Cary Grant went to remodel this house Great. in Connecticut and all the trouble with the contractor. <laughs> yes very nice very nice all right and then just as you think back over your career right the piece of advice a piece of wisdom that was shared with you that really has stuck with you um just just something that you would kind of fall back on call back upon when you need it so just a favorite quote or piece of advice that you'd like to share Oh, my piece of piece of advice was my grandmother saying, Julie, pay other people to do the things you don't have time for. Because think of how much you charge per hour. And why would you be cleaning your own toilets and cleaning your house? You know, and learn to delegate. So she kind of co- coached me about setting goals. And she's the one that helped yep. get my mind wrapped around, hey, why would you pay yourself? You know, you should be doing this for this, your hourly rate for over here and have someone else do what, you know. It should be done at a different rate. So she kind of helped me work that out and learn to delegate because I wasn't ready to delegate much when I'm in my 30s. Sure. I mean, not at all because I could do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, it, that's right. And I think we, we touched on that theme. It's a very, very common you know, refrain that, that, that you hear is that, look, I, I could do this stuff when I need to do that. But yeah, I just, I'll just do it, do it this time. Well, yeah. You got to do it. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you, you got, got to do it. That's really going to allow you to get to the, the growth that you want. And it sounds like if you want to hit some of those growth targets, you've got uh, more delegation is in your future. Uh, it's, it's coming. It's, it's going to have to. It's going to have to. Julie, thank you so much for being on. This has been fantastic. How would folks, if they want to reach out just to get just to connect with you or if they're in the outside of the greater Los Angeles area, right? You're in Laguna Beach, like get a hold of you. and They want to work on that. How would they get a hold of you? All you have to do is click on my website, which is just my name, julielawton.com, J-U-L-I-E-L-A-U-G-H-T-O-N.com. And everything's on the website, including my phone number and my email. I have social media, Julie Lawton DB. It's all my name. It's easy to find, but you can find, just click Julie Lawton and you'll find it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining the Grow Your Damn Business podcast today. Julie, it's been great having you on here. I appreciate the conversation. Great lessons here. And we wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much. Thank you, Scott. This is wonderful. And I wish you all the best and all your listeners. Thank you much. Appreciate it. All right, Julie, have a great day. Thanks. See you later. The Grow Your Damn Business podcast is hosted by Scott Goodrich, a professional EOS implementer. To learn more about EOS and how it might help grow your damn business, you can email Scott at scott.goodrich at eosworldwide.com or check out his website at www.eosworldwide.com forward slash Scott Goodrich. This podcast is a production of Old Soul. Old Soul is a one-stop marketing agency that builds podcasts for personal brands and businesses. If you're interested in starting your own podcast show, shoot them an email at info at aoldsoul.com. That's Info at aoldsoul.com. Thank you for listening to the Grow Your Damn Business Podcast. If you found this conversation valuable, subscribe to our YouTube channel and find us on your favorite podcast platform. We will see you next week on the Grow Your Damn Business Podcast.